You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Bronstein, and today I have with me Doug Vermeeren. Hey, good to be with you, Jamie. So happy to have you. And we were just talking about before the show, it would be better to have you in person, but we'll do that at some point. Absolutely. And you are, he was telling me that you are in Canada, right? Yeah, it's starting to get cold up here. So of course I'd rather be down in LA. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to make that happen. We're just going to use our thoughts to tell COVID to vanish, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's about time, right? Yep. Let's <laughs> do it. Okay, so Doug is amazing and as you can see behind him he just made a movie called how thoughts become things and i'm going to read to you guys a little bit about doug and the movie and then we'll get into some questions so douglas vermeeran is the producer and director of three out of the top 10 personal development movies ever made the opus the gratitude experiment and the treasure map and now he is revealing his new hit film how thoughts become things how thoughts become things goes deeply into the nuances of personal reality creation Content that has yet to be committed to film, and he's brought along a few friends, such as Bob Proctor, Dennis Waitley, John Martini, Joe Vitale, John Asaroff, Marie Diamond, Travis Fox, and Dr. Karen Perkins to explore the how of how thoughts become things. Doug has also researched the success strategies from business leaders and companies like Nike, Reebok, Fruit of the Loom, FedEx, American Airlines, Ugg Boots, Uber, KFC, McDonald's, Disney, United Airlines, Microsoft, and others, just to name a few. And he shared their success secrets on film and in his books. ABC Television and Fox Business refer to him as the modern-day Napoleon Hill. He is a regular featured expert on Fox, CNN, ABC, NBC, CTV, CBS, and others. And feel free just to add anywhere in there in the room. Currently, his program, Personal Power Mastery, is rated as number three in the world for the most powerful personal development seminars. And he recently authored the international best-selling book, Personal Power Mastery. Welcome, Doug, today as we explore things. Doug, even before we get into things, I'm just going to ask a simple question. Have you used your thoughts to create all these things? Oh, my goodness. I think... The truth is nothing happens without the thought. So it's the spark that really makes things go, right? So absolutely I have. Oh my God. So can you tell us a little bit about, a lot about your film, how you came to do this film, how you even started doing what you're doing? Just tell us your story a little bit. I'd love to hear. Yeah, so I guess my story is kind of interesting. Like this film has been in the making for years and years and years. Kind of what happened to me is, um, the family that I was raised in, probably like a, a, maybe a lot of your listeners, I had no experience with personal development. In fact, we had no entrepreneurial background. My dad worked in construction. My mom babysat kids at the home. And I was kind of destined to sort of repeat the poverty pattern. <laughs> and I was heavily enrolled in the rat race, so to speak. And so it was about that time that somebody had given me the book, Think and Grow Rich. And that idea, think. To think that you could change something. Well, again, I, at first I didn't believe it. I just thought, well, this is crazy. You know, it just doesn't work. But as I read the book, I really, I guess, kind of got jealous of Napoleon Hill a little bit. I guess that's the easy way to explain it. 
here he had done these interviews with people like Henry Ford and Thomas Edison and all these really famous people. And so I kind of decided at that young age that I wanted to do the same. So I started to go out and meet with some of the world's top achievers, some of the companies that you mentioned and so forth. But the thing that I noticed is my results really started to change. I started to really learn how to you know, create my own business and become an entrepreneur and all of these things. And I, I really did financially very successful. In fact, as a 19 year old, uh, inside of six months, I did my first $1.6 million under their help. Yeah, oh pretty cool. And so as I looked at kind of my results and then started kind of working backwards, well, what was it that really sort of ignited this? It really was, I think, a beginning of thinking about myself differently and then thinking about the world differently. And so uh, that was kind of the beginning of this project of how thoughts become things. And I guess one of the things that we often sort of kind of take for granted is that we just kind of flick onto autopilot so often, right? And we don't really evaluate or think really about what's going on in our life. In our life, we really rise it to the standards of the things that we allow to influence us. So the people, the places, the things, the beliefs, the community, the, the TV we're watching, everything kind of shapes who we are. And so quite frankly, I, I had to sort of throw a lot of that out in the beginning because a lot of the stuff that I had up until then been programmed with was just garbage. <laughs> I mean, my family did a good job doing the best they knew how, but I was adding to it all kinds of stuff that wasn't contributing to my success. And ultimately I had to level up what I was thinking and that created all the results that I started to experience. So a question that's coming to me is, so how does one get rid of the chaotic thoughts in their minds? How does one kind of put this bubble around them to say like, no, I don't want that. That doesn't align with me. I'm acknowledging yeah. that's their stuff. It's not my stuff. So how do people do that? Well, I, I think that's a super awesome question. And it's really maybe two parts to answer that. I think, first of all, we have to have clarity on kind of where we want to go. A goal that is specific and clear becomes attainable and near. Albert Einstein said it also once that a problem well-defined is half solved. And I think that most of us don't ever decide what we really want. So therefore, by default, we live the things that just kind of happen to us, right? So that's number one. But number two, something interesting that I observed is as we started to create how thoughts become things, at first I thought, well, you know, if we want to manifest better possibilities in our life, it's all about thinking positive all the time. And the truth is it's not. And I don't know about you, but I don't know any human beings that are able to think positive all the time, right? And so the more that I investigated that idea, the more I realized that thoughts actually arrive as a duality. There's a positive and negative to every thought that that we kind of encounter. And let me maybe explain what I mean. So if you've got listeners that say, for example, want to start a business, they want to be an entrepreneur. Well, the first part of that thought, our intuition says you could do it. You could be really good at it. You could be effective. It would be cool. There'd be freedom. There'd be money. There'd be possibilities, blah, blah, blah. Right. But right behind it is a negative thought that comes in that says, no, you're not good enough. You don't know the right answers. You don't have enough experience. You don't have enough skills. And so those two thoughts, it's kind of like they're if you will, descending together, the positive and the negative, descending into your life. And as it arrives in almost like this little nest, all the things that we have influencing us, our past programming, the people we surround ourselves with, the thing that we bring, things that we bring into our lives, our, you know, our experience, et cetera. If, if that's not supportive, that negative side immediately gains more power. But if it is supportive, then it immediately gains greater power. So you've probably heard that, that saying that says we become like the combination of the five people we spend the most time with. Right? You've heard that before? Well, the cool uh, that, that, I do believe that. Yeah. And, and I think one of the cool things about that that most of us don't think about often enough 
is that word spend. It's not where we were, it's who we are today. And so even if you come from a background where your programming may have been difficult for you and you haven't had the support in the past that you've needed, or maybe, you know, from a financial background that didn't work, or maybe again with a business idea, you want to start a business, but nobody ever in your family has done it before. That's okay. There's a lot of the top achievers that I interviewed that actually came from some very difficult backgrounds and came from some very, sometimes even troublesome, even borderline and sometimes even, yes, abusive right? And so it's not really who you were, it's who you are. And so we got to recognize that the five people we spend our time with now really influence our programming. And so we can effectively do that. In fact, one of the cool things is, let's just point this out, the people who are tuning into your show right now, you're being programmed. This show is a program that's programming you. And so if you want to rise higher and you want to get to better levels of things in your life, you just need to start making careful choices about the things that you're going to allow to influence you. And that will allow you to, to reach higher heights. Okay. So I love the example that you gave. And I would like to give an additional example because it's called Love Talk Live. And I am all about relationships. So what I do with my clients is like I give them an example of, so you start dating this guy. And you get so excited. And you're just on top of the world. You're imagining the wedding. This is after one date. And it's going to Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, whatever it is. And then right after that, exactly like you said, right after that comes the thought, it's not going to happen. How is it going to work out? It's too good to be true. All these things. And so it's that fear. Like I believe that fear can become a self-fulfilling prophecy because the universe gives us what we focus on. And if we're focused on fear, yeah. then that's what will that's what we will manifest. Is that similar? Yeah, it sounds well, like here's what we need to think about the universe. The universe is an echo chamber right? And if we approach it with, with fear, scarcity, criticism, hesitation, doubt, uh, comparison, any of these negative things, jealousy, any of these kind of things, that's what comes back. But if we approach it with a positive view, if we approach it with possibility, if we approach it with the idea that we can control our destiny, that we're worth it, we're worthy, all of these things, that's what comes back to us. And the other thing that's interesting about the universe, that if we want to expand what we have, right? The things in our life, we need to start by first expanding who we are. And so if we recognize that, you know, even this idea of maybe I'm not good enough, if we shift that on its head and say, I can become good enough, like this idea of it's how thoughts become things, right? So part of this journey is about understanding that if we want to have new things, we need to become something new. We have to really start becoming something. In fact, I love, there's a quote from Jim Rohn, and I really love this. He said, if you win the lottery and you want to keep it, you have to learn how to become a millionaire very fast. Mm, this yeah. is something that, you know, if we were to even look at those words, like everybody focuses on thoughts. They talk about, I got to control my fears, my negative thinking. And they spend a lot of time looking at that. They also spend a lot of time talking about things, right? Like I want the new house, the new relationships, the Ferrari, the traveling, the money, blah, blah, blah. You fill in the blank, right? Well, the truth of the matter is these things are actually not as important as this become. Because when we start becoming the right things, when we be, we can actually do. And when we can be and do, then that's when we can have. And so we got to understand that I, I love in our film, one of the things that, that Bob Proctor kind of alluded to, he, he used the law of attraction as an analogy, but I think this works with everything. He says that, again, everything vibrates at a frequency. And if you want to have that thing in your life, you just need to get into the same frequency as it. Mm 
And the more that we can be on that same frequency and wavelength, the more those things come in. So let's let's say it really simple. You you want to have more abundance in your life, more things. Well, you need to start thinking and being and acting more abundant, right? You need to start being that in order to bring that in. So let's say specifically with financial abundance, somebody yeah. wants more money. How, what is your recommendation for them? What does that mean when you say like, be more money? <laughs> I, I feel like I know, but let's, let's explain This is a topic that I totally love, okay? So if, if you were to go to Google right now and you type in into Google, number one passive income coach, it's actually me that comes up, right? So this is our first year of me doing eight figures annually passive. Like we're talking over $10 million passively. I have no job. Um, in fact, I'm working on a book right now that's coming out, coming up called the six minute workday. I literally manage my entire day in about six minutes, but we're doing over. In fact, this year it'll be around 14 million, but you it's after the show or right before the show. And you're like, here's my day. <laughs> I'm not. In fact, I get, I get to spend most of my day with family members and doing the things that I want. I was just actually out with a couple of friends this afternoon and yeah, so I don't have a job. But let me share kind of how that occurred, okay? And maybe on another show, we'll get into greater detail on this. But the truth of the matter is, is abundance is, is it, it starts with the mindset of abundance. Then it really gets into the strategies of abundance. So one thing that's really important that, that people don't realize when it comes to passive income, passive is always created by systems, which either means you're going to automate or you're going to delegate. So you've either got someone who's going to help you or a system that's going to help you. And then what you're going to use is you're going to use your intelligence to build that. Now, let me let me share it in, the, in a nutshell, really cool, from an, a story that happened to me. When I was out interviewing the world's top achievers, um, I was 19, remember? And I really wanted to start a business because some of these people I was interviewing were among the world's greatest entrepreneurs, very inspiring people. And I'll never forget that um, I decided I, I wanted to try and get one of them to give me some money to run my business. Now, the truth is, is it, it was, I knew it wasn't going to just be a gift. But as I was sitting with one of them, I showed my business plan and I said, how will I find customers? How will I get the distribution? How will I do the fundraising? How will I, um, you know, get the market done? How will I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'll never forget. He stopped and he looked at me and he said, I can tell you're going to start a really small company. And I was like totally offended. I was like, what do you mean? I'm not going to start a small company. I have big dreams. And he said, no, 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 you're going to start a small company. And I said, what do you mean by that? That's absolutely absurd. I'm a go-getter. And he goes, well, I can tell because you're asking selfish questions. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? I've never heard of that before. And he goes, well, all your questions are right now about how can I, how should I, how will I, 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 I. He says, if you want to start a big company, you need to ask a better question. And that's who can help me? Who will get me my funding? Who will open the doors for me here? Who can help me with marketing? Who has my customers? And then he pointed out very quickly that all great and grand enterprises ever in the history of the world have always been done by a team. Anybody who's won an Academy Award in the movies, it's always been a team. That person didn't run the camera and do the lighting, write the script, yeah. do the makeup and all these things. And same thing with an Olympian when he wins the gold medal. It's not him that did all the work. Sure, he's collecting the medal, but he had a coach, a nutritionist, a team, all these things, right? And so we've got to understand that old adage that you've probably heard, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. It's a total lie. If you really want to create something good, yes, the spark begins with you. But everything thereafter is about assembling people who can help you to realize your dreams. And all amazing things are accomplished by team. In fact, one of the things that people ask me oftentimes, like in the entrepreneur courses that I'm teaching, 
Um, you hear a lot of the gurus today talking about the number one highest value skill that a person can have, right? What's the highest value skill? Well, some people say it's learning how to sell and all these things. Well, that's not true. The highest value skill, and this is perfect for Love Talk Live, the highest value skill is to learn how to build and maintain high level relationships, right? Because that's where everything comes from. Everything you want in life will come through someone else or in a relationship with someone else. And maybe to put it this way, yeah, and maybe to put it this way, um, you ask about how to do million dollar deals. One of my mentors said this too. He said, you'll never do a million dollar deal at a $10 breakfast. And so if you think about it in that context, it means that, yeah, we like, I'm not saying good things won't happen at the lower level breakfast, but really the quality of the people, if you hang around with high level people, you'll have extraordinary things. If you hang out with the low, the slow and the no, those are your answers. So you should always be seeking, how can I really elevate the people that I'm allowing to not only influence me, but support me? And you've heard that saying that says that your network becomes your net worth, right? That's true. But before it becomes your net worth, your network actually becomes your safety net. It becomes mm -hmm. the people that will give you the solutions to the challenges you're facing, help you determine the things that are valuable and prioritize and select and help to understand what you should be doing. So I think if you want the number one way to become wealthy quick, it's up-level the people that you're around because all your opportunities and insights will come through your associations. I love what you're saying because I feel like people don't talk about this enough. No. People are struggling. They're feeling alone, especially during this time. Yeah. And I love that your message is get support. Get the support you need. Reach out to the people that you know. Find people that will support you. If you, if you currently don't have those people that you feel like have your back and want the best yeah. for you find new people use your intuition because it's that's also what it is like you could you could have a whole group of people that are very well off but if intuitively like they're not they don't they've got, you, you've got to resonate with them and they've got to get you the other thing too if you, if you think of the word net worth worth is not just money it's what those guys find worthy and worthwhile so your network also determines your net values, right? So you need to find people that get that. And, you know, here's something else that I think is, is really important to kind of point out. Um, and again, I don't want to hijack this into a business conversation. We can do this another time, but I love business and that's kind of my forte. That's what I teach. But you often hear the gurus today. And by the way, when I went out and did my interviews with the 400 top achievers, I found a lot of this stuff that the gurus, the success gurus and stuff today are teaching totally wrong. And it's not going to help you. So you've got to study success from success. And one of the things that I learned very quickly is you hear the gurus say, if you want to become successful, you have to step out of your comfort zone. Well, actually, no, because if you're going to try to do all the things that you're not comfortable with, you're going to really find that you'll never get ahead. So instead of like, say, for example, I'm uncomfortable building websites. I'm uncomfortable doing my own taxes. I'm uncomfortable, you know, building marketing materials. I'm uncomfortable. Heck, I'm uncomfortable doing my own dental work or cutting my own hair. I mean, there's just stuff I'll never do, right? Yeah. So the best advice that I can give you is don't try to get out of your comfort zone. Get into your brilliance zone, the stuff you're really good at, the stuff that you're excited about, the stuff that you're gifted with and that people recognize that you are strong there, right? And then all the stuff out of your comfort zone, you should be delegating or hiring or finding people who that's their brilliance. And again, back to this idea of a team, right? Um, the best entrepreneur in the world is the person who can assemble the best teams. And so that should really be your goal. That's what you should be doing, right? I literally, I love everything you're saying. Yeah. Um, 
So another question, and this could kind of fall into what we're talking about, but also get into other things, is you had mentioned before that, so let's say somebody's on their journey, whether it is to manifest love or a business or anything, and you said something that was very human, which is you're not going to be positive every second. And so if somebody is studying this, thoughts become things, thoughts become things. Oh, no, I had a blip. I had a day of blips. How do I get back on track? or did I just screw everything up? Like, what do you say to that person who's like, okay, I'm human. Yeah. What do I do about the fact that I, I can't be positive every second? Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that. And, and I, I like even just this idea of romantic energy. The truth is, is the only place that the happy endings really happen is in a Disney movie. And even, you know, those that have really wonderful, happy relationships uh, you know, how many psychologists have come out and said, if they're not arguing from time to time or expressing their opinion, then it's not really an equal relationship. Because yeah, one it's not authentic. Yeah. So, but let's maybe look at it this way. It's interesting. Let's take the idea of happiness for a second. Um, again, here's something else that <laughs> the gurus are getting wrong. You've heard this idea that they say happiness is a choice. Well, yeah. that's partially true. Let me explain what I mean. Uh, before COVID, I was invited to go and speak at a maximum security prison in North Carolina. Those people, when I met with them, there was a lot of really think maximum security prison. Well, there's characters there that have done some pretty bad things. Now, interestingly enough, as I spoke with them and had a chance to chat with some of them afterwards, it was interesting to hear that many of them felt like they were making a good choice at the time, right? The thing that led them to being in prison, they thought it was a good idea. They thought it was a good choice. So is happiness really a choice when it can lead to somebody being locked in a 10 by 10 cell, wearing an orange jumpsuit, they can't have access to their family, friends, or anyone else, they've damaged the victim, they've damaged the victim's family. Is that happiness? Of course it's not. So we can, we can immediately see that any choice based on immediate gratification is generally wrong. When it comes from a high level of emotion, it doesn't always lead to lasting response, especially if it's a negative emotion like anger. So what is happiness and how can we build it better? Well, happiness, in my opinion, starts again with a choice, but it really addresses what are the consequences you're creating. So if you want to create a consequence, it's going to provide more joy, more happiness, more freedom, more opportunity, more abundance, more expansion, greater possibility and connection with other people. If you want choices that are at those kind of consequences, they're choices that you have to think about a little bit more. And they're choices that you have to look for the long term a little bit more. The truth of the matter is, is all good relationships have a few speed bumps, but they're both committed to the long haul. They're there for the long term, not for immediate gratification. If we've ever seen, and pardon the expression here, but like a one night stand or a relationship based on immediate gratification, it generally doesn't lead to anything great, mm -hmm. right? It leads to a selfish moment where people just kind of get satisfied and move on. And so those things will never, ever create brilliance. So we've got to kind of, for us, I think, whether it's relationships, whether it's wealth, whether it's even feelings about our own self-confidence and self-esteem, whatever it is, we've got to have a long-term view of who we want to be. Now, the interesting thing about that that I think is kind of cool is when I was studying the top achievers, there's really two components of success. One is that specific and clear. What does it look like, right? What is the definition of success in terms of how will I know when I've achieved it? But the more important part of that, I believe, has to do with how we feel about those things. And I love what Stephen Covey said in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said that many people climb the ladder of success only to find that it's leaning against the wrong wall. So this idea of achieving a certain level of success 
specifics doesn't really mean as much as the feelings that you'll get from it. Yeah. So you've got to ask, am I going to feel good at the end of this? And there's many people that I've met um, who along the journey, they, they set out for one thing and they realize as they're going that maybe this isn't exactly what I wanted. In my third movie, um, The Treasure Map, uh, I, I really like what John Demartini said. And you guys might remember John was in The Secret. Funny thing is, John's one of my best friends, so he's actually in every one of my movies. But he said something really kind of cool. He said, everyone is wealthy. It just appears in the form that they value most. And so if you think about it, what do you value? And that's really what generally you create. You seek the things that you believe will give you the most happiness and joy. Even if on paper you say, I want to have a bazillion dollars. I want to drive the Ferrari. I want to have the nice house. and I want to travel. You might say that from a logical point of view. But when it comes for, from your heart, your heart, heart is what, what's going to dictate what you do and the sacrifices that you make and the choices that you do and the things that you place above others. You're going to always choose what's important to you, regardless of what you say. So a lot of people say that you can't, let's say you can't have it all. You can't be incredibly successful and have a meaningful career and an incredibly successful marriage and be an incredibly successful parent. Some people say that. I don't believe that. But so I'm wondering with what you're saying, because you just said like it's the one that you focus on the most or the one that you want the yeah. most. Do you think that you can have success in all those areas? I think, again, the definition of success. And again, if we had time, we, we have in all those areas. Yeah, if we could talk about it, there's really five pillars for success, right? Um, and I haven't met people who've got it perfect yet. Like I haven't met anybody that's got it perfect yet. Um, the truth of the matter is, is our definition of success shifts based on what's going on in our life. If your marriage is falling apart, all of a sudden that's the thing you want most, right? If your abundance is in the crapper, but you feel really good about your health, well, you don't worry about your health, you worry about your money. Right, So we always worry about that which we don't have. So we're always shifting. But let me share this idea of, of getting what you want and having both. I think happiness also involves being, I don't want to say um, can, satisfied because we should never be satisfied. In okay. fact, Socrates said that we're teleological beings and we're only happy when we're making progress. Right, So that's where our happiness comes from in part is progress. But we can be content with what's going on. Right, We can be content. And we can be hopeful. So that's important. But it is important to remember this too, is things are created in a certain way that like, let's just talk about passive income for a minute. Right now, I'm, I'm very happy. I've got eight figures coming in annually. Money isn't a problem. It's not a question. But in order to get there at the beginning, I had to trade time. I had to build systems. I had to be clever and invest in the efforts and learning. I had to test things. I had to market. And so while I was doing that, it was very difficult for me to build another part of my life because this was the focus, right? And so I do believe this idea of, yes, you can kind of have your cake and eat it, but you have to invest the effort to bake the cake and you have to invest the effort to set up your table so that when the cake arrives, you can sit and you can eat it. And I think this is the thing that a lot of people miss is that I think, and again, I'm not trying to criticize or be any, any way no. negative. But I think our, our generations today, I, I don't think you and I have this problem, but I think that there's a lot of generations that are being fooled today from the idea of immediate gratification, that you can have anything you want, you don't have to earn it, you don't mm -hmm. have to pay the price, etc. Now, with that in mind, let me share something that is so misunderstood. Right now, there's a lot of gurus that are out there telling you, take massive action, 
stay up late, wake up early, be part of the 5 a.m. club, hustle, grind, do all this stuff. But you know, isn't it suspicious that while these guys are telling you to work, 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 not any of them are telling you what to do, right? They're just telling you get busy. They don't really have an answer of what to do. And to me, right away, that's an artificial success. These guys don't know, so they're baffling you with BS. They're telling you work hard and it'll all come together. Well, that's not true. So I do not advocate the idea of massive action. I am of the idea of deliberate action. In other words, we select the things to do that are going to pay off. If you think of the definition of productivity, isn't do more, get more, do more, get more. That's ridiculous. That's the rat race all over again. So my idea of productivity is we learn how to do the right things to produce massive results. And then here we learn how to simplify it, make it easier, and do the right things and delegate and automate so that in the end we're getting results, but our commitment to what we have to do isn't high so that we can now eat our cake and enjoy it too. The problem is most people will say that saying that we can have our cake, we can do both, but then they don't really understand how to structure their life so that they can do that. So they're always chasing their tail, right? We need to learn how to be more effective as people. And that's the goal. Could you do me a favor and call me every night at midnight to tell me to stop working, please? <laughs> I think I need you to be my tutor. This is very oh. inspirational. Well, we have some fun stuff that, that we do. And in fact, one of the things I get asked a lot is how can I start learning this? Well, we do have a program and you'll be amazed that, in fact, you can even try it out for free for 30 days, but it's only $9, like nine, like $9. I'm glad this is good. We're plugging away. I was going to bring this up. Again, um, on this training, I teach you guys all how to do this, especially in this COVID economy, how to make lots of money. Um, and every Wednesday I do a group coaching and you can just find that on IncomeStreamChallenge.com. So IncomeStreamChallenge.com. And like, I mean, for nine bucks, it's the best investment you'll ever make. And I make um, uh, certain that we bring in a lot of the top achievers that I interviewed. So I've had, you know, some of the biggest companies, their CEOs come on and they talk about how to really hit a home run, you know. And, and by the way, there's five areas where money's made. I know we're going off topic big time here. Yeah. But it's either going to be business, real estate, investment, intellectual property, like your idea, uh, or it's going to be your networks. And most people don't know how to monetize those, right? And if you think about it, out of all those areas, there's only really three things you can sell, and that's either a product or an asset, a service, or information. And so when you start understanding one of these five is going to be your hotspot, you're going to be really brilliant in that area, and then you're just going to have to decide, is it an asset or a product I want to sell, or is it a service, or is it information? And then we get into how do you package that in a way that's passive so that you can make money all the time. And by the way, I might say this, because this is important. A lot of people think passive means, oh, I got to build a funnel on the internet or I've got to build a landing page and a website and all those things. No, truth is, is it's just as easy to make money offline as it is online. And so we just find out where your skill sets are and you work within your skill set. It's kind of like, I'm paraphrasing now, but Warren Buffett once said, making money is like the Olympics. You don't get extra points for level of difficulty. So why would we make something hard? Let's make it easy and get you paid on the things that you're already naturally good at, where your skill sets are, right? Yeah, and I think I know that so many people, they don't even know how to do that first step because they don't even know what they're good at. And so well, let's, let's do something else. I've got a dry race board here behind me. This is kind of funny. Perfect. So a lot of the gurus nowadays, hopefully you can see that. It's just a big circle, right? Yeah. 
a lot of the gurus nowadays are, are telling people they need to focus on their passion, their purpose, right? P and P. And they say, if you can focus on your passion and purpose, you're going to be highly successful. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that's not true. There's a lot of things that I've seen people be passionate about, which no one really cares. In fact, this is even a greedy way to say it. You're saying it's all about me. And, you know, like, so for example, if, if, if I was passionate and my purpose was I love to color coordinate my Beanie Baby collection, people are going to be like, yeah, that's, yeah, don't bother me with that, right? Like, I'm not interested, right? And, and in fact, I love what Warren Buffett also said. He said, what you love about you is your hobby. What others love about you is your business. So the truth is, is what you should be doing is, yes, look at your passion and purpose. Let's think about that. But you now need to find where does your passion and purpose actually overlap the passion and purpose of other people, right? This is the sweet spot. So if you can find other people who love what you love, those are your ideal perfect customers, right? And they become your tribe. You've heard it. If you get my vibe, you'll become my tribe. And mm -hmm. the wonderful thing about this overlap, not only is that a group now that will pay, that will give you money, but I think even more important than that is it's the group that will validate you when you're having those difficult times. So you know because these people get your world, they'll follow you, they'll you know, be there, especially as things are going sideways or difficult for you. Isn't it nice every once in a while? And I've had this happen too when, you know, you're a teacher or a coach or a trainer and you're kind of having a down day. Maybe even Corona's got you feeling bummed out, whatever. And then all of a sudden somebody from your tribe sends you a nice little note saying what you shared really helped me, right? It's those kind of moments that allow you to rise to high levels because now you've got a team that doesn't just pay the bills but they tell you what you're doing has meaning. And I think that that's probably most important for most, most entrepreneurs out there need that, right? Yeah, to be to feel validated and to feel worthy. Yeah. See, I, mean, I guess it's stuff like this. I know we've kind of kind of poked a, a few holes in a lot of the things that are being taught in the success industry right now. But the truth of the matter is, is when you understand how it really works, it becomes a lot easier, right? We can we now know who to search for the people that see things the way we see things that are willing to um, how should we say put their stamp of approval on our efforts and compensate us for that right it, it's so hard I think for people when they feel like I've got to be out there and I've got to pitch and I've got to sell and I've got to market and I've got all these things well the truth is if you find the people that resonate with what you resonate with it just all gets easier it sells itself. Right? Well, not only sells itself, but people will start to seek you out because that, that, how should we say that love of it and the value that you bring really just starts attracting people from everywhere. You'll get referrals like crazy as well. Right. So I don't know for what it's worth. <laughs> I, I really think that, uh, there's a lot of opportunities for people to be much more successful than they're being. They just need to get the right teachers. Right. And well, I'm sure you're going to be getting more students from this. <laughs> Well, I'm happy um, to do it any way we can. So we just have a few more minutes. I'm gonna do like a, a rapid fire question. I don't even I don't even know if anybody has ever asked you this, but since it is Love Talk Live, I'm gonna ask you a rapid fire question sure. and then plug away again at everything that you want to plug away. Okay. Someone wants to manifest, let's just say they're soulmate. People have different definitions of soulmate. They want to manifest the person that came to this earth to be with them. Mm. How do they do it? Where do the steps go? <laughs> Okay, so here's something that's really kind of interesting. A lot of times when we talk about law of attraction manifestation, people think right away that means, um, where's my Ferrari, right? And meditate it and it will show up. The truth of the matter is, is everything that you already want already exists in one form or another, 
right? So it is there. Yeah. The question that I have is let's let's use the example maybe of a sports car. Imagine yourself sitting in your house. There you are, and you're saying, "Bring it." Well, the truth of the matter is, is unless there's a road going to your house, it's very difficult for that car to get there. So there's certain things that we can do that will increase the possibility that it will be attracted to us. We've talked about action already, but here are some other things. In fact, let me maybe share it this way. The first person to ever talk about this was Aristotle. He called it the law of attraction He's, or the law of probability. He said that which is probable is most likely to occur. Sounds pretty simple, right? Let me use an example. Let's say at the end of a football field, you know, 100 yards, there is a target and you're there with a bow and arrow and you're trying to get it in the center of that target, right? What are your chances from 100 yards? Well, for most people, it's pretty slim, right? Very little chance of doing that. But if you took a step forward towards that target, what would happen to your chances? Well, every time it gets better, right? So if you want your soulmate, are there things that you could do to increase the probability that that soulmate would show up? I'm going to say yes. Well, let's start with a few things. So number one, the people that you hang out with. If you're hanging out with people who are more like what you want in your life as a soulmate, chances are very good that the probability is you'll either find that people in that group or someone in that group will know the person that you're looking for, right? Number two, the things that you learn, right? The things you learn will increase your probability. So again, you want the soulmate. Well, you could learn certain things about maybe what that soulmate would like as, as a habit, as a hobby, as a thing that they would do. You could find that. And then you start hanging out in those places, right? Which kind of brings us to the third one, which is geography. So many people talk about finding their soulmate, but they're content to sit at home and watch Netflix. Right. expect that that person will... They're at the front door, they're delivering my Uber Eats. Like, is that how they're going to get there? Like, that's not going to happen. So that would you, be a really romantic story, though. Yeah. <laughs> a rare thing that would happen. So you need to get off your bum and you need to put yourself in, quote, unquote, harm's way, where that person will most likely be uh, intersecting. And here's the last thing about the law of probability. It's frequency. How often are you doing it? How often are you meeting the people, learning about these things, spending time in the right places, et cetera? If you're only doing it once every two or three years, well, very unlikely that you'll find somebody. But if you're doing it every day, chances are it's going to show up. Okay, that was beautiful. Thank you for the rapid fire. You definitely have to come back to talk Happy more to about a lot, lot more topics. Um, so plug away and tell us where we can find the movie, your other movies, all your movies. Is there going to be a book, et cetera, go. Yeah, well, the book actually comes out in November, so we're, we're already working with the publisher on it. Um, and uh, the movie can be a, can be viewed now. So you can find it at www.howthoughtsbecomethings.com. As you mentioned, we've got some of the biggest names in thought leadership there, people that you know from The Secret, Bob Proctor, Dennis Waitley, Marie Diamond, John Ostroff, John Martini, Bob Doyle, a handful of new people as well. One of the things I love about this movie that's different than the other ones, though, is that this one, you're the star. You are the star. So it's been written with neuroscience in, in, in mind to help you change your thinking even as you're watching the show. And mm -hmm. as you head to healthhoughtsbecomethings.com to get it, you get a workbook and you'll also get all kinds of audios and things that are just given to you to be able to implement it more. So it's, it's, it's not the kind of show where you're going to watch it and say, oh, that was nice and walk away. You'll enjoy it. It's brilliant. It's awesome. But it's designed to change you. It's designed to bring out the, the new you, the best you. And that's something I'm very excited about. Great, great, great. And I watched it and it's absolutely amazing, by the way. So I'll just plug that in there. Anybody else who anybody's thinking about it, 
it's very inspirational and magnificent. Um, and then also, where do people sign up for your coaching, your business coaching thing that you do every week? They want to come by IncomeStreamChallenge.com. In fact, we could probably even just write that here because it's harder to see. So income, like money, stream, like a stream, like an income stream, and then challenge.com. And uh, yeah, when you sign up there, there's all kinds of free gifts and bonuses as well. Uh, the objective is obviously to help you build effective income streams and make some money. Uh, like I said, it's only nine bucks. And so it's uh, it's a really great investment and it will change your business in your life. If you like any of the things that I talked about business-wise today or any of it made sense, this will rock your world. And um, we've had so many people who've been able to rise to six and seven figures just using the tools that we've got here. And I'll be happy to share about this. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. That's out of you. Okay. So, and then if anybody needs to reach out to me, if you have questions, I'm at therelationshipexpert.com as always. And Doug, thank you so much for joining us today. You are so inspirational. You are extraordinary. I am so happy to talk to you today. And I don't know, it was, just, it was very valuable and meaningful. And so I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I look forward to connecting again. This was fun. Definitely. So thank you. Thank you for joining us on Love Talk Live. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.